Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Yeah. You guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> Flat feet! What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to Closer I am to I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else along. Humans only have one ending. Get that Barbie! Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. It's Bobby Boots if you're still in doubt. Hello and welcome to our special bonus episode of Citizen Dame. Today we are talking all about talking. What was that? Today we are talking all about Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> I'm Karen Peterson, joined by Weird Barbie herself, Lauren Humphreys Brooks. <laughs> I am Kate McKinnon. <laughs> it's so true. I love it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just it, this is fantastic timing because I I literally just saw the film yesterday, so I am very and I'm still kind of high on it, so I'm very <laughs> excited. I'm so happy for you. Um, I have seen it twice. I saw it. I went to the Barbie blowout party, um, Wednesday the week that it opened, and then I did the Barbenheimer thing. But of course, I was smart and I started with Oppenheimer and ended with Barbie, which is the correct order. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. That is the correct way to do that. It it um, has to be. Yeah, because yeah. like I I when my friend and I left the theater the other day and like one of the women who's actually in the line for the bathroom and like literally every single woman standing had some kind of pink on. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but we were all in the line for the bathroom and she was like, so you guys doing like the Barbenheimer thing? And we we're just like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not. But yeah, I can't imagine watching barbie and then oppenheimer like you want to you want to go out on a high you definitely don't want to go out on a low exactly exactly so anyway i feel like i've been talking about this movie for like two weeks because i saw it and i loved it and it's just been so great um but you just saw it so let's start with you what are your and then we'll break it we'll like break down some of the specifics and things that we loved um but just overall can you just describe your joy watching Barbie yesterday? <laughs> I it was so good. It's such a good film. Um, and I have to say that if I, I was actually saying this to my friend yesterday, that if I could go back and say to like 10 year old me, hey, by the way, when you're in your 30s, a Barbie movie is going to come out and you are going to be insanely into it. It's going to be the best movie you've seen all year. Um, I would just be like you what what happened to me basically <laughs> because That's i because i think 10 year old me would have been like yeah of course i will 
Well, and that seems to be so true for so many women that I know, but I, I did not, I did not have Barbies. Most of the Barbies that I played with were, were like my friend's Barbies. Um, and usually then we would wind up like sacrificing them to the elder gods or something like that. Um, I am but, shocked. Shocked to tell you. <laughs> but, but one of the, one of the things I think this film did really, really well was getting at that actually very complicated relationship that most women and girls have with Barbie that combination of like you know the sort of I like the fact that Margot Robbie is playing quote stereotypical Barbie and the Barbie that everyone thinks of when you think of Barbie right and I I like the fact that it actually gets into all of the problematics underlying her and underlying the creation of this doll and the fact that you know the company that produces it is entirely run by men um and and kind of all of those other things that are kind of part of who Barbie is, you know, this whole idea that we laugh at initially when she she makes the statement, just like, oh, I'm going to go to the real world. And all the women are going to run up to me and hug me because we've solved everything. <laughs> everything to do with feminism has just been fixed because of Barbie. Um, <laughs> and and it does. It's it's that's it's that combination of like, you know, loving Barbie, but hating Barbie, wanting to murder Barbie. But but also, you know, wanting to be Barbie, that kind of that balance, I think, that exists. And I think the film addresses that in a really realistic and actually very deep way. One of the things that I liked about this movie was the fact that it is on the one hand so unsubtle, but not at all superficial. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like, yes, can learns about patriarchy and is like, I like that. I'm going to bring patriarchy back to Barbie land. It's so lacking in subtlety, like to the point that the narrator makes explicit statements about the actors who are in the film. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and yet at the same time, it really does address so many of the realities of, of women's existence and the complexity of that and the complexity of wanting to exist in this world where, yeah, women are ascendant and, um, women control everything, but also that that's kind of this this dream world that doesn't exist in the real world and trying to make that real world place better while also maintaining that wonderful imaginary world where Barbies rule the land. I, I loved it. I thought it was a wonderful film. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed so hard. Everyone in the audience that I was with laughed so hard, men and women, which I thought was fantastic. Like, it was it was a wonderful experience for me. Yeah. Yay. I'm so happy. I knew you would love it. But there's just that, you know, like there's just that moment of like, oh, gosh, what if she doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> what if she comes back and we're like, everyone is a fucking moron. You all are stupid. <laughs> I mean, I admittedly, I, I went in expecting to like this movie, although I had heard, you know, some I think there are some legitimate criticisms to be made of it. But um but I think that what it accomplishes is really does outstrip all of that. Yeah. This was one of those movies where, um, like, I mean, I always have such a weird uh, prickly relationship with rating and ranking things anyway. But this was one of those movies where I just loved it so much. I was like, this is getting one of my letterboxed five stars, which I don't just give those to th like I have. Those mm -hmm. are like, I do things on a four star scale. So if I give something five stars, that's like, it's an extra special. This is a movie that's going on the regular rotation. Like I just like particularly extra love it, you know? And one of my friends didn't understand this and thought that I was saying this is like an amazing, incredible, like perfect movie. And I'm like, no, I just really, really love it. I would, if I had to give it a star rating, it would be a little different, but you know, this is just... It, it's just it's something mm -hmm. really really special it is yeah it, it feels like it's very much a movie made for women um all women mm -hmm. right and and but but i it it addresses things from such a feminine perspective that is so unusual and it's sad in a lot of ways that this is still so unusual and it's so unapologetic about it. I, I think that that's part of it is that because it is totally lacking in subtlety um, and in fact makes its project to be unsubtle in much mm -hmm. the same way that Barbie is, um, it really kind of just taps into that experience of being a woman in the contemporary moment. Um, yeah. 
And I think that that's true for, for all women, everyone who identifies as a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that really stood out to me from the beginning was how very, very feminist it is and how very, very feminine it is. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that that stood out to be notable is the fact that like for so much of my life, I've been, you know, I've just like been kind of targeted with this messaging of like feminism is masculine. Like, you know, feminists just want to be, un, you know, unshaven and Mm -hmm. they want to be like men. And it's like this movie makes the point or makes the case of like, no, (laughs) that's not (laughs) it at all. (laughs) You know, like feminism is pink and sparkly and it's all kinds of things, you know. And it, yeah. it can be masculine, but it's not necessarily, you know, and, and I just I, I love that it's the whole point is that it's it's very broad and it looks like very, very different, you know, for everybody. Yeah. And it, it's existing in, in the world as a woman, whatever that happens to mean. And mm-hmm. um, and in, in the case of Barbie, you know, it's an imaginary world. It's this, it is this very pink and frilly world. And I think one of the things that I never liked about Barbie when I was a kid was exactly this, that stereotypical element of, um, you know, it all has to be pink. It all has to be frilly. It all has to be sparkles and everything. But I think that the film, while like maintaining that aesthetic gets past that in a certain sense, it kind of, it highlights the camp. It highlights Mm -hmm. the fact that this is, this is an imaginary universe, right? And it's it's a funny place. It's not. It's a place where girls get to be everything that girls want to be, basically. Yeah. Um. But it also, I think, highlights the limitations of that and the limitations that Barbie has within within herself and within the entire kind of construction of Barbie Land. Hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about some numbers really quickly, just because I think that this. <laughs> I, I know box office gets to be just ridiculous but i think this is more i want to talk about this more in terms of celebration because i think this is exciting uh it's been out in theaters as of today at time of recording it's been out for 10 days and this movie has made 780 million dollars worldwide jesus yeah that's exciting that's so that's so cool yeah (laughs) and and that's the thing is like 55% of its total box office is international. So this is a movie that everyone, you know, everyone is embracing around the world. And it's, it's great to see that it's really exciting. Um, And it's not just in turn. I actually, you know, I made a joke um, on my other podcast about, you know, everyone's talking about this being the highest grossing or the highest opening weekend for a film directed by a woman. And I said, yeah, and let's also congratulate Christopher Nolan for having the 106th highest opening weekend for a male director. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no shade except all of the shade right. to, to Christopher <laughs> Nolan and Oppenheimer. I know that in a lot of ways, Oppenheimer has exceeded expectations in a lot oh, of ways. Totally. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a three hour R-rated biopic about the atomic bomb. Like, you know, it's it's definitely moved kind of beyond things. But I will say everybody's like, oh, everybody went to see Barbie and Oppenheimer. It's just like, no, if everybody went to see Barbie and Oppenheimer, they would be equal in box office numbers. But they're right. obviously not. I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> like, really, I believe that part of the reason that Oppenheimer has overperformed the way that it has is because of Barbie. I think it has everything Absolutely. to do with that that Barbenheimer concept. I think if it just came out on a weekend by itself, it would have done fine, but it would not have done the kind of numbers that it did because of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it became like this this thing. And of course, Hollywood is going to take the wrong message from all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, I think that, you know, a lot of people pointed out, it really does prove that audiences are absolutely willing to go back to the theaters. Audiences are absolutely willing to be there for these kinds of films for, you know, and and Barbie is all right. It's based on this really popular doll, but it's a really unique film in a lot of ways. I can't name a film that that does what this film does. Yeah. Um, and and people are willing to actually engage with that. And of course, and Hollywood's going to take the wrong message from it. But it's something that should be noted that, like, we still are really happy to go to the movies. We just have to be given a reason why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been making this argument since the collapse of of MoviePass that MoviePass proved people want to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, every movie in my town, there were times where like every theater was sold out 
of stuff because so many people had movie pass and yeah, it was a terrible business model. It was never going to work, but it, but it, what it did was prove that people wanted to be in the theater. They mm-hmm. liked that. It, it's just gotten to the point where it's just way too expensive. And when you're just getting the same, you know, five or six franchises over and over again, there's not much incentive for people to go, especially mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, Marvel, they haven't kept up with all of them or they're not into James Bond or, you know, whatever it is. Like it just gets harder and harder to to convince people to go. But Barbenheimer shows people <laughs> like, listen, the studios are still making mm-hmm. interesting movies that are very different and um, and that we can turn it into a cultural phenomenon, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. So, On accident in a lot of ways. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's also been interesting listening to like kids these days talking about how like when has this ever happened? It's like um this used to happen a lot actually. I mean maybe not to this <laughs> not to this level, but that's the thing is like it used to be normal to go to double features. Like I remember mm-hmm. my parents being so annoyed when you started having to pay one price for one movie instead of for two. <laughs> well, it, that that's part of it. I mean the event film. Right. Mm-hmm. The film that like and I think the really the last event film in a in a really big way was like probably Avengers Endgame or something yeah. like that. And and that that was a while ago now, actually. Um, but even that was not I don't think it was the same kind of like we have to go see the movie in the theater because we have to go see the movie in the theater. Right. It's that like kind of experience. And I think that barbenheimer in particular very much it it turned it into an event everybody is going to go see because it's an event because that's what you do right right and and even you know in like the movie theater that i was in so like i say everybody was all of everybody was wearing pink everybody was laughing everybody was like participating at some level with with the film and it felt more like an event than like oh i'm going to go see a movie on a at a matinee on a sunday right it mm-hmm. was like it wasn't this is just something to do this is something i've prepared for yeah yeah exactly so let's talk some more specifics now and um for anybody who for some reason has not seen the movie yet and there could be lots of reasons um but if you don't want to be spoiled then go ahead and turn it off now. But uh, we are going to spoil the movie pretty, pretty extensively now. So you have been warned. Uh, I'm not even sure where to start with spoilers, honestly. <laughs> really like, hard. there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, I, okay, one thing I, I appreciate about the way this has been marketed, which also, can we just talk about how, man... If they gave movies like Birds of Prey the type of marketing that Barbie got, maybe Greta Gerwig wouldn't have been setting a big record last Mm -hmm. weekend, you know? Um, Just a little side note. But anyway, there's so many things to to say, but I appreciate how the trailers don't actually give away much of anything past the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy... Oh, sorry. No, I I, I was going to say that, like, actually a number of people before I went to see this movie we're just like well what what is it about as it's, like, it's about barbie it's like okay but what is that like what is it about and and i knew like i had been trying very hard to avoid too many spoilers uh which was kind of impossible being on the internet um <laughs> but i avoided a number of them but i was kind of like well like barbie and ken have to go to the real world um for some reason as like okay so that's kind of the plot of the movie and 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 just i, I remember being like i don't know what it's about i have no clue it's like <laughs> It's it's Greta Gerwig and it's Margot Robbie because she's perfect. Who else is going to play Barbie in this day and age? Like, and it's Ryan Gosling and he's Ken. And that's what we're going to go see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's all you need to know. But I also loved because I remember that first trailer that came, that teaser, that was the homage to 2001. And yeah. I remember you and I talking about it. And how much we loved that. And I was just like, I really hope that's in the movie and not just something they filmed for a trailer. And I was so pleased <laughs> to see that they included that. It's how the movie opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all opens. Well, and I, I like that whole idea of like, you know, framing it like that as well. It's just like uh, before Barbie, right? And whether or not this is true is questionable. But before Barbie, girls could only pretend to being mothers. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Barbie was kind of like, you can be anything you can be a hockey player or president or an astronaut 
or a doctor or this, that, you know, all of those different things that, you know, she has her own car, she has her own money, she has her own house, she's got a boyfriend over here that no one cares about, like, <laughs> all of that. And, you know, even in talking with some of my friends, just like, oh, yeah, we always had Barbie, but, and, you know, we had to have a Ken because he was like, he needed a Ken, but mm -hmm. he's just sort of there. <laughs> yeah, like, none of us really did much with Ken. And that's, you know, just how it was, because Barbie was way more interesting. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ken. <laughs> let's talk I, about Ken. Let's, I mean, poor Ken. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> First, I, I dipped, Ryan Gosling really did go the extra mile, I think, for Ken. Like, he, there were a lot of different ways that character could have played out. And I think that his dedication to that part definitely shows Mm -hmm. um and and it makes sense like the whole thing with him with them going into the real world and ken suddenly being like oh i like this like this is where men are in power but i also like the fact that he doesn't completely understand what patriarchy is even yeah. all he really yeah. thinks is just like oh it's like it's it's a world but instead of of where all of the Barbies are in power, all of the Kens are in power. But it's a lot of the things that he doesn't even like. He's He even admits at one point that as soon as he found out that patriarchy had very little to do with horses, he lost <laughs> interest. Yeah. Right. It was really all about like trying to figure out who he was and trying to get Barbie's attention. Like yeah. that was that was the basic goal. But it it's that like I love that initial scene where they arrive in Venice Beach and she's like, I uncomfortable everyone's looking at me but in a way that i don't like and he's like everyone's looking at me but i really like it i feel like, so admired and not at all like i'm in danger she's like no exactly. i'm definitely feeling danger <laughs> this isn't good it, exactly like it really expresses you know if I, I i know that in some interview garrick talked about that she wanted this to be in some ways about coming of age about girls growing up right and kind of discovering the reality of of the world and it definitely paralleled that of like, I don't like this. Like, this is not a world that I belong in. And and the the men are like, oh, I really like this. Like, everybody thinks I'm cool. Yeah. Which, honestly, Barbie kind of does that. Not just the movie, but like as a kid playing with them and like, oh, you know, I had a I had an astronaut Barbie and I had, you know, whatever. And it was like Barbie had all kinds of different things that she could do and be. And you grow up kind of hearing that messaging as a kid. And then it's like, oh, but we didn't actually mean that for you in real mm -hmm. life. Like, yeah. And and so Barbie, stereotypical Barbie, getting to have that experience of realizing that that's not reality. Um, mm -hmm. It was interesting. And just watching the way that the two flip, because, um, you know, we'll we'll get into kind of what happens toward the end of the movie in a bit. But. Um, but I think that there's such a good mirror between Barbie's experience and Ken's experience and um, and some really good lessons for both of them um, through their their kind of parallel journeys. And and I, I just I think it's really well done. And, you know, I've, I obviously we've all heard so many people complain that it's like anti male and that it hates men and and all that. And I I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah. I think one of Gerwig's whole points is that everyone should have the opportunity to learn who they are and learn what they want in life and not settle for what everyone tells them that they are. Yeah. I, I mean, part of Ken's problem is that so Ken grabs a hold of patriarchy as being something that will fix things for him. And it doesn't. It, it it changes the entire makeup of the world and really not in the way that he wants it to be, not in the way that any of the Kens want it to be. And I like that nearing the end that like one of the one of the Kens, I think it's artist Ken, but <laughs> so, says, um, says, you know, I just want to be with my best friend Barbie. Like, that's really what it's all about, that like it's not really that they want this world to to be like this. They feel like they have to perform in a certain way. Um, yeah in order to be male and real men and, you know, and, and all of kind of the sort of ridiculous aspects of masculinity that Ken takes on the, the cowboy outfits, the horse, the obsession with horses, the Rocky, <laughs> the Rocky, you know, the Sylvester Stallone's gigantic mink. He puts on two <laughs> pairs of sunglasses at one point. Right. 
like all of those things that that is you know just this really aggressive performance of masculinity right he steals barbie's house and calls it the modo dojo casa house yeah. <laughs> uh one of my favorite moments honestly was when he's like come inside and i'll play my guitar at you <laughs> i was like oh my gosh they really do do that don't they they play it at you they yeah, do it's just and they play the same song all of them play yes. the same song <laughs> yep and they've got to like look really carefully into your eyes and make really uncomfortable eye contact it's it's so but that's the thing it's so true but all of it is ultimately this performance of what men are supposed to be not really what they want to be Mm -hmm. which is you know and i i like the fact that nearing the end of the film barbie tells him it's okay for you to cry you can cry like you can be upset you can be angry you could be hurt all of these you know i didn't treat you nicely and i should have treated you nicely um and and all of those things that that it ultimately just becomes like okay we have to fix this world but we need we need to understand that you're enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think that that is one of the key aspects that people who want it to be a man-hating movie um either miss or conveniently ignore um i think i think it's a mix of both depending on who you're talking to but um it's it's when they're having that heart to heart barbie acknowledges her part in ken's feelings she doesn't just say like well just get over it dude i'm not interested in you it's like no you know what there are some things i could have done differently too and this isn't all Mm -hmm. on you yeah she she acknowledges that she treated him badly and that Mm -hmm. she should have been a better friend to him and i i I didn't have to be girls night i love that so much yeah and and i i really like the fact that that's there without her giving into like and and now we can be boyfriend and girlfriend right that kind of thing that it doesn't then end with this very heteronormative attitude which is kind of that's the direction that ken wants to go right Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know who he is without her and she's kind of like well you need to know who you are without me yeah. Like you need to become whoever that person is and I need to be whoever that person is. And, and I'm sorry that, that the things that I did hurt you. And also you fucked up my entire world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about weird Barbie and the choice, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't actually a choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah. So everybody had a weird barbie everybody had everybody who had barbies had a weird barbie um and i love that the explanation is that she's just a weird barbie from being played too hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so great um but yeah so as the world starts to not look right for poor stereotypical barbie her morning breakfast is burnt she has bad breath her feet are flat um just all the things that are not barbie's world um, start to happen then she goes to weird barbie played perfectly by kate mckinnon who is not getting enough <laughs> attention <laughs> for this oh what were your thoughts about weird barbie i uh, i mean i first of all i love kate mckinnon as as one would um but yeah i i thought that weird barbie was great and i liked the fact that i like the fact that in like the ken universe she becomes like this lesbian freedom fighter oracle <laughs> who's like deprogramming all of the barbies is like collecting all of the weird outcast barbies to her you know <laughs> yep She's yeah like, Go ahead. one of the things that i in terms of weird barbie i think that this film does really well that understanding of how girls in particular play with toys like this and that that idea of like you played too hard right you burnt her hair you colored her face <laughs> you know you put her in weird outfits you threw you always her in leave back. her in the splits <laughs> yeah like all, all of that because it it really throughout the film it really understands the way that girls play and the very fine line between you know playing nice and utter chaos yeah and and i do think that the film goes through that like even when you get to the kens going to war right it's like, yes, this is what always happened because at some point there would be some crisis and then everybody would try to kill each other with, with whatever you had on hand, which was like <laughs> tennis rackets and shit. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And yeah, so then Weird Barbie offers stereotypical Barbie the choice between a beautiful high-heeled shoe and a Birkenstock. <laughs> a 
sensible, practical, comfortable shoe. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's such a perfect and hilarious um, metaphor. Uh, and I also just really like that play on, oh, yeah, you have a choice, but you don't really have a choice. Yeah. And, you know, we see some we see this this trope in movies like the matrix you depict the red pill or the blue pill and people have that conversation of like well or that debate of like well i don't know what i want to know or what i not want to know and and weird barbie's whole point is like no you have to want to know you have to mm-hmm. you have to make this choice it's not actually a choice this is your journey is that you have to go and find your answers mm-hmm. you have to go and fix this basically yeah. you have to figure out who you are mm-hmm. yeah like you, there's no getting out of that there's no like now that things have started to change, there's no just like stopping it. Kind of mm-hmm. like puberty. It doesn't well, yeah. just stop. <laughs> exactly. It goes back to that whole idea of like this being in some ways a, a girl's like a girl growing up mm-hmm. and and being like, you don't get a choice with this. You have to experience the real world in all of its fucked up in this. Like yeah. and, and all of its wonderfulness as well. Like you have to go through that. Um, and you, you can't live in Barbie land forever, basically. But you can still go back to Barbie land. <laughs> Yeah. Were you surprised how little time they actually spent in the real world? Because I kind of was. Once they got there, I expected them to just kind of be there for a lot longer and kind of spend most of the movie there. I am not particularly. I think that because Barbie Land is so well realized, and it was obvious that so much of the film's concepts were playing out on that field particularly when you've got the, you know, Ken getting introduced to patriarchy and being like, aha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and Barbie grappling with, you know, who she actually is and going to Mattel headquarters. I, I admit, I actually really liked one of the criticisms that I've seen a lot of is that like, Oh, we've got this like diversion where they go to Mattel and Will Ferrell's there and everything. I really liked that. I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I enjoyed kind of, the gentle but pretty clear you know criticism of mattel um within a film that is funded by mattel in part Mm -hmm. um about you know how this is you know these are a bunch of men in suits dictating what little girls want to experience right um and and i i liked the fact that it it continued to emphasize the very the the playing of games right like even the way that the the cubicles were laid out the way that everybody ran all of Mm -hmm. it felt very much like this is not this is the real world but it's not the real world yeah yeah one of the things that i appreciated especially with the you know the whole thing about the boardroom and and the entire mattel board is men one of the things that i thought was um effective was the fact that None of them are mustache twirlers. This isn't like a, a villain, yeah. you know, with nefarious intentions. These are a bunch of men who, honestly, they think they're doing good. They think they get it. They think that they are are doing good work. And um, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, they even call attention, like, yes, yes, we know we're just a bunch of men. But, you know, we understand you. We're here for you. But it's not out of a sense of like, we want to hold women down. It's like they mm-hmm. actually think that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they're not the big bads in, right. in this film, particularly. There really pa- isn't one. No, patriarchy is yeah. like the, the entire the entire setup of the system is the big bad. Exactly. Um, and, and what it does to people and, and often what it does to men and the way that it oppressed the not just the way that it oppresses women, but the way that it exploits men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and I liked like some of the small there's some great lines throughout that, like the one guy who's just like, I'm a man without power. Does that make me kind of like a woman? <laughs> Uh, yep. Yeah, it's good. So I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about just some of the, the key moments of their time in, in the real world. So mm-hmm. Barbie gets there and she's just kind of like, uh, they get arrested a couple of times <laughs> and um, she's kind of like, I just need to sit down and think. And she has this moment where she's on a bus stop bench and there's this old woman who is Anne Roth costume, like Academy Award winning costume designer. She's amazing. Um, but she comes in and sits down. She's just like reading the newspaper and Barbie has shooed away Ken because he's annoying her. Um, and she just looks at this woman and just says, you're so beautiful. And Anne Roth just goes, I know it. 
I love that moment so much because it's like Barbie has been surrounded by perfection for mm-hmm. her entire existence. And this is a moment where she's seeing a human being and like recognizing the the beauty in in basically an average ordinary person. Well, in aging as well. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. in, because no one ages in Barbie land. No one right. like they say no one is less than perfect. Everyone is is exactly the same forever and ever and ever. And she it, it is part of that kind of process of barbie becoming human it's when she learns to cry and she she learned you know she learns to experience all of these emotions that she never had because every day was perfect right and suddenly it's not perfect but it's also better in a lot of ways because it isn't perfect yeah and she looks around and she just sees all these these beautiful scenes and mm-hmm. you know she's kind of trying to figure out what her next move is and trying to figure out how she's going to find this little girl that she thinks she's looking for and she gets to have just these beautiful glimpses of of average normal people living their lives and like and that like there's really not any sort of any such thing as normal because everybody's life looks so different but you know just kind of this slice of humanity and and it's just i I think it's such a it's such a um a really well laid out and really just just beautiful moment in this movie and that's where you kind of really start to understand okay this is this is doing something different this isn't just like fun and bubbly and silly like this is this is a movie that really means something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely and then she figures out where to find the little girl who is a tween going to a junior high school and she finds her and sasha's kind of (laughs) mean sasha's mean in the way that all like tween girls are mean (laughs) yeah you know what i really like about the scene where she meets sasha is um so barbie walks up expecting to just be like whoa it's barbie we're so excited to meet you and that is not at all the greeting that she gets and sasha dresses her down pretty harshly calls her a fascist makes her cry and um as barbie you know kind of slinks away in in tears there's this moment where sasha kind of has this realization of like oh I just did that to somebody and mm-hmm. she never, she never apologizes. She never outwardly says like, wow, I went too far, but you can kind of see that, that glimpse of, of her recognizing that she did uh, without her having to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. And I really like that. I'm glad that they included that. Yeah. It, 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 it humanizes everything. And it also says like, you, you know, I, I think, the, again, one of the things that this film does so well is that it takes someone like Barbie, who's, you know, the perfect woman, right? And is very often represented as the perfect woman. And also sort of shows the way that she's treated by other women and the way that she's looked at by girls and by other women of like this unattainable ideal, right? But also very hated in a lot of ways. You know, there there is that, that treatment of her you're too you know and i think that later on um america Ferrara gives a great speech you're you're too thin you're too pretty you're too perfect mm-hmm. right and the pain that women who are that go through because of the way that they're treated by other women and the way that they're treated by men barbie doesn't have privilege she doesn't right. have pretty privilege in the world she is ogled and she's disrespected and she's treated badly by everybody yeah. basically and because of how she looks and it and the film doesn't say like you know that that's that this is okay it's it's just like you know be nice to people essentially there's no reason for sasha to do that mm-hmm. and and she does and she does feel like oh i i was a bully i was mean i was mean to this person who did absolutely nothing wrong to me right yeah exactly and and i mean she even kind of touches on it a little bit later when barbie has now um met up with Sasha and her mom um played by America Ferrara and um and Sasha even tells her like men hate women women hate women it's the one mm-hmm. thing we can all agree on mm-hmm. but but seeing her make that recognition at such a young age 
and um, and realizing the power of your words. I, I it's it's important. I definitely have had many times where I've said stuff and I'm like, why did I say that? That was so mean. That was so uncalled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, uh, and while Barbie is is uh, running away from Mattel and hiding out with Gloria and Sasha, Ken has gone back to Barbie land and turned it into Kendom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, let's see. What else? What else should we? What should we talk about next? We talk about Alan for a minute. Yes, let's talk about Alan. <laughs> so I loved Alan, and I loved the fact that Alan was the only one who didn't want to have anything to do with all of the Kendom shit. Yep, <laughs> I love the fact that he's just like. I, at one point, he's like, "If I have to sit on one more leather couch, <laughs> he's just he's delightful." I loved Michael Sarah in this part; like he was perfect. Just like, of course, you're Alan. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who the fuck is Alan? He's Ken's I think best I had friend, Alan, and he could wear all of Ken's clothes. That was uh-huh. like a big selling point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Alan's great, and and yeah, he's very much just like Team Barbie. This this patriarchy thing is bullshit, and I am not playing that game. And let's just make things back the way that we were, they were. <laughs> Alan is the one, not all men. <laughs> like- yep. <laughs> you know what not all men we forgive alan (laughs) yep exactly he gets to stay (laughs) yeah um yeah and it's 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 fun to see michael sarah in in that role he's he was very perfect for it um let's see i mean we had so many just fun characters we have Issa ray as president barbie we had alexandra ship as writer barbie emma mackie is the physicist um harry neff is the doctor we have just such a fun cast and then on the the ken side we've got simu lu and kingsley benadir mm-hmm. and scott evans and john cena i love um, that john cena suddenly appears just like what the hell <laughs> yeah like where did that come from was he just like wandering near the set one day and they're like hey john come on in i honestly like i think the part of this cast was literally like okay so we're making a barbie movie i am in i am 100 Mm -hmm. in like all of these all of these people were just like i will do whatever you want me to (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah exactly so it was so fun and i love the i mean i love the just ken number um, but I really love the dancing. It was so fun to see this like this this awesome dance number in the middle of this movie that's like such a throwback to, you know, like the the West Side Story yeah. and, and just other fun, like just random male dance numbers. It, it, it was it was really well done. I liked that a lot. Yeah, it was great. I, I like that their war ends up being a dance number. <laughs> yes yeah oh so good um let's see we should probably talk about ruth handler mm-hmm. Rhea perlman who um so ruth handler was actually the one who designed barbie she was a co-founder of mattel um she had a kind of an interesting um life she ended up uh having to resign from mattel after the sec uh came after her that's all true and she had some tax evasion problems and and stuff (laughs) anyway she passed away i think in the 70s or no she didn't she didn't she passed away in 2002 um but anyway uh she comes back as a a ghost, basically. Ghost. <laughs> what is? I, I'm trying to remember what Will Ferrell says. Just like, oh yeah, her ghost has an office on the 17th floor. Or something yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. So, what were your thoughts of of Ruth Handler showing up and having this sort of like uh, deity moment of guiding Barbie? Yeah, she's kind of the god of the mm-hmm. of the piece, I guess. Like I, I liked that. I liked the fact that they acknowledged like the fact that this all started, right? Because a, a woman designed a doll named after her daughter, right? Yeah. And I, I again, so much of the film is about the different permutations of Barbie, that Barbie has not 
Barbie, there's stereotypical Barbie, and then there's so many different versions of Barbie, right? And the Barbie has changed over time, and that the whole it what it is this like idealized womanhood. It's like women who can look however they want to and be whoever they want to be, and and all of those things. And yet at the same time, it's so limited. Um, right. And and I I think that 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 character, you know, seeing this kind of little old lady who's like I you know she was the one that designed all of this for her child. Um, I really I liked that and and I liked the fact that you know she's kind of the one who gives Barbie the the actual choice which is you know can you go on and be in the real world and exist in the real world and experience all the things that human beings experience um in all of its terrible and confusing forms mm -hmm. and yeah. what it actually means to be a woman in you know 2023 or 2022 or whatever like all of those those things that you have to deal with that you know it's gotten better but in some ways it's also gotten worse yeah and i mean in in many ways barbie does have an actual choice but in the reality of it once you've seen the the real world once you've seen what's out there how do you decide not to go and pursue mm -hmm. it you know well, and, and there isn't there a comment that like Barbie stereotypical Barbie wasn't brainwashed by Kendom, right? Because because she had experienced the real world, and so she couldn't be brainwashed in the same way that the other Barbies were. So there's there I I saw someone describe this as kind of a gender flipped Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. um, where like you know Barbie then becomes kind of the Adam going out into the leaving the garden and going out into the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And no one else is going with her because none of them are, are ready. None of them know uh know what's out there and, and none of them are at a point where they need to make that choice and, mm -hmm. and have that experience yet. So yeah. Um okay, I kinda wanted to to i don't know if we'll end here but i kind of wanted to wind down the conversation by talking about america Ferrera's big speech and the way that they're deprogramming mm -hmm. patriarchy out of all of the barbies um and it's it's really interesting because when i watched the movie the first time i was so moved by her 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 rant her initial rant and um it was just like yeah this is so this is so right on this is so accurate yes yes well done and then I was really surprised and kind of disheartened when I saw some of the commentary, not from people who didn't like the movie. It was actually coming from people who did, who were saying that, oh, well, this monologue is is 20, 10 years, 20 years too late. Um, we're way past this now. It was just like so over the top. And I was just like, I really, mm -hmm. <laughs> I really liked it. I, I thought it was good. What I mean, are your thoughts? It's I, I think that a lot of this film and that monologue in particular is speaking realities that I think many of us have woken up to. Yeah. But is not something that we have heard said so explicitly and mm -hmm. in such a context. And I think that it's very important within the context of what's happening in the film as well, that yeah. it's not just like pulling it out. But that that whole thing, it's the, it starts with it's impossible to be a woman. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You have to be all of these things. And we talk about it all the time. Like we even talk, you know, even in terms of this film, right, the way that that people have treated it, the way that it's just like, well, it's not perfect. It's just like, yeah, it's not. It isn't perfect. And the fact that we continuously demand perfection of anything that women do is mm -hmm. why is is one of the problems. And it's still there. It's not something that we've gotten past. Right. I, I think that the past, you know, five or even 10 years have really awakened a lot of us to the fact that all so many things that we thought we had left behind that our mothers had fought for that, you know, our older sisters had fought for is like, oh, that's done now. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, we obviously do. It's not done. Right. Um, and I think that that's what that speech really hammers home is that it's so easy to step back. It's so easy to, because it's easy. 
right? It's really mm-hmm. safe in a lot of ways. It's very easy to kind of fall under the spell of the patriarchy. And, but it's ultimately going to destroy you. It's going to destroy other women and it's going to destroy the world that you want to build for your daughters. Yeah. And, and I think that that speech is, is incredible. It very much is the, is the heart and center of the film. Um, but it is very important. And I, you know, I guess that like the criticism of like, oh, we've, we've moved past this. Well, I really wish that we had. I mm-hmm. really hope that in 10 years, people are going to watch this and be like, oh, isn't that quaint? Right. You know, I really hope that, but it's not true right now. And and I think that that film that the film does acknowledge that really clearly and openly and says, you know, it it's impossible. It's impossible to be a woman because you have to be all of these things all the time. And most of those things are contradictory. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think the reason why the Barbies were able to be so easily brainwashed, the reason why sometimes it's easier for us to just slip into, I mean, I don't think I really do this anymore, but um, but the reason why sometimes it can be so tempting to just let the men do it is because it's so fucking exhausting to be a woman Mm -hmm. and so exhausting to try to do everything and be everything for everyone that if someone else wants to do it, go for it. That's fine. I don't want to have to think about it for a minute, but we can't let our guard down because then they turn it into Kendom and they put Mm -hmm. horses on everything and they turn your house into the Mojo Dojo cost house <laughs> and start wearing fur coats that they shouldn't wear. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that those, the speech really hits home on how exhausting it is. Mm-hmm. Like that you just want, you know, you have to be a mother, but you can't want to be only a mother, but you can't work too much, but you can't work too little, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to be thin, but you have to say that you're being thin because you want to be healthy, but you're actually being healthy because you have to be thin. You know, all all of those things that are so many of the con- that are the contradictory nature of being female in, in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it takes a lot to kind of unlearn that and to push back against it and to say, like, I not only am I not going to do that for myself, but I'm not going to force my daughter into it and I'm not going to force other women into it as well. Right. It's yeah. some of it is also the acknowledgement in, in that entire section of the degree to which women participate in patriarchy because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> Life is exhausting, but yeah. well, and and I love that it's that speech that is like she goes around and she gives speeches to all of the brainwashed parties, <laughs> and she's just like, I, okay. <laughs> You have to give that speech to everybody now. All right, all right, I can do that. <laughs> I love the way that they that they do that. Just that whole sequence of swapping out one Barbie for another so they could go and deprogram and having to pretend. And <laughs> I will never not say it the way that Issa Rae does. Oh, are you watching The Godfather? <laughs> I laughed so hard. I, I've never seen that. Tell me, what is it about? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I just woke up from a world where I really cared about the Zack Snyder cut. I scream laughed the first time yeah. I heard that line. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> See, I, I understand why there are some men that are very upset. Yeah, I think they they were like, well, but mm, eh, girls like that. <laughs> it's but like, I'm, no, not, well, I'm not one of those men. It was just like, I think that you might be. Mm-hmm. You might be hun. <laughs> yeah, some of it just hit a little too close to home there because they they do those things and they know they do those things, but they have convinced themselves that we want them to. <laughs> like explaining uh explaining the different financial systems. <laughs> and it's like I don't understand how to use Photoshop. Oh, well, here's what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, so good. So so good. Um yeah, so then ultimately Barbie makes her choice and she goes to the real world. And her first stop is to the gynecologist. <laughs> I I have to say I was so happy about that because for a moment I was just like, oh God, don't tell me she got like a corporate job at, Mac- at Mattel or something like that. Yeah. And then it's just like, I'm here to see my gynecologist. It's just like, ah, Barbie has now entered the real world. 
Welcome yep, it was ex- such a great way to say she is fully a woman. <laughs> Welcome to the experience of being a cisgender woman with a vagina. <laughs> yep. Congratulations and welcome. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? Yeah. So any any other thoughts or things you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on? Kind of I is so good. I want to see it again, honestly, because I think that I there were lines that I missed because I was laughing too hard or because like I needed to go back and watch them again. Like this this is definitely a film that I will be very happy to see multiple times. And anyone who's kind of on the fence about it, who's just like, oh, I don't know whether this is where, like, go see it. Yeah. For real. Like, yeah. even if you don't love it necessarily, and there might be things that you don't like about it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it it really is such a joy. And I I've seen a few people say that that they found it depressing because, like, oh, the world doesn't get fixed. And it's like, well, that's that's reality. But also mm-hmm. there there's a line I think that Gloria that Gloria has that's um, you know, we we can't fix everything, but we can make it better. Yeah. And that's that's part of it is that, you know, we're making it better. That whole thing about we are, you know, the mothers are standing still so our daughters can look back. Right. And see where they've come. It's that kind of thing. And I think that it's not really just about mothers, mothers. It's about women and future generations of women. Right. And what we all experience and making it better for ourselves and making it better for the girls that come after us. And that is so important because we can't fix patriarchy in in a single blow. Wish we could, but I'm sure we wish we could. I wish we could um, just kidnap all the girls, deprogram them, and, and it's a great fantasy. Yeah. And it's a great fantasy. So you've got this wonderful, very happy ending for Barbie Land, but then also this very complicated ending for the real world. And but the point is that you know you can keep on moving forward. That you can actually you can make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. You can make things better. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, why don't we meet in the middle? We'll go to Kansas and go to see it again together. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. I'll look up flights. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Kansas, patrons, for to it. Kansas no. City. <laughs> going to fly to Kansas City. All right. Yes. Um. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. All right. Most exciting city in the world. <laughs> I've been to Kansas City. It's a nice city. It's perfectly serviceable. I flew into Kansas City one time and then drove out of Kansas City to where I was going. But that's it. <laughs> it seemed nice. I would like to go back there and visit. I, my my family, my family, part of my family comes from Missouri. My dad comes from Missouri. And, and so I went to visit my grandfather in, in Kansas City many years ago. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. It's fine. There's a lot of nothing around it. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Like once you leave the city, there's not stuff. It's yeah. It's just flat. <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> flat forever and ever and ever until you get to like Pennsylvania. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, any other final thoughts? No, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Helen Mirren is the narrator. Perfect choice. Oh, so perfect. And I love that barb about there that like jab about like note to the filmmakers. Margot Robbie is the wrong person to cast <laughs> if you want to make this point about how it doesn't matter what you look like. <laughs> no, she's the right person to cast. <laughs> she's the right person to cast. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Margot's great. Ryan's great. Everybody's great. I love this movie so much. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap up this bonus episode. We decided to make it available to everybody because we had a lot of thoughts. So this is really more of a mini-sode than a bonus episode. But uh, there you go. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that you love Barbie. If you hadn't seen it yet, but you somehow listened to this whole thing, we hope that we have convinced you to go watch it. <laughs> um, and please let us know what you what you think. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it, too. All right. Well, have a great week and we'll catch you next time. Bye. I just don't know who I am without you. You're 10. But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no just Ken. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh, I 
I have feelings that I can't explain Driving me insane All my life been so polite Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be tamed Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blonde fragility?